The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, man, how's your uh, few days been since we're kind of doing a quick back <laughs> recording here? It's actually been pretty good. I actually was, I just looked down and I saw my arm and we've had some nursing students and, well, we don't have any IVs in the clinic, but we do have like butterflies and stuff. So I was letting them teach them how to draw blood and everything and... I just realized I live in a part of the country where the IV heroin epidemic is mighty high, and now all the ready ve- available vein sites are just full of holes. This, <laughs> this, this may this may become problematic at work as you start to bruise up. So, huh? Yeah, Pleasant. maybe I should have thought about that a little further ahead. Well, yeah, what can you do? Well, I guess they'll expect me to be a little happier at work when I'm still grumpy. <laughs> They're like, nah, that's not possible. So, I don't know. How's your week been? Well, yeah, a strange kind of limbo between being busy as hell because I'm going on a vacation next week and counting down the days to going on vacation next week. <laughs> so, you know, it's been kind of one of those, we're swamped at the office, but we're a few more days and I'll be in the Caribbean somewhere enjoying myself. Well, I both love you and hate you, so that's fantastic. I love you too. Sometimes. I mean, like, I want you to have a good time, but since I can't have a good time, I kind of hope one of the motors blows on the ship. I mean, I don't know. Like, wow. Just enough to make your, like, ah, oh, crap. It, now you got to turn around early. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I hope nothing like that happens. Yeah, I just want you to know if that happen, I will buy the seventy-five dollar internet package, and I will message you. I want you to know that. Well, he, so you are one of the luckiest people I know. Even if the motors did blow somehow, it would turn into oh, we're going to give everybody on board another free cruise, and we're just going to go ahead and extend this one for a week, and everything's comped, and somehow <laughs> it'll turn into the greatest vacation you've ever had. So yeah, that, I'd be all right with that. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm also excited. We are also having a very special guest on tonight. Ben, do you want to take honors? Sure. So had Brian here, he contacted me and said that he wanted to come on the podcast. Brian, you are a pharmacist, correct? I am. Yeah, we work close with you in a lot of things that we do. And one of the things that we've been focusing on is uh, CBD over the last couple of years 
and just it's allowed us to do some things where we normally wouldn't get to do. And so we thought we'd come on and talk about this and see where we go. Yeah. As he said, you know, we work really closely together and he actually did a lunch and learn with us, all the providers in our area in regards to the CBD oil, because there was a lot of questions that we had and I learned a significant amount during that show or sure in that show how about during that uh, lunch alert <laughs> so we're not about having on the show to discuss those same things because we figured that people are going to be having some of those same questions that we had during that lunch alert so we are uh, happy to have him on the show brian how long have you been a pharmacist i've been a pharmacist for 17 years now and we've certainly seen the profession change in many different ways and and this is certainly one of the probably the biggest changes that we've seen hmm. 17 years that's uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's more than a day or two. You know, say we were talking about that pre-production. I'm like, man, that is a lot of slinging. Good sakes, <laughs> that is that is a lot of Zyrtec, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, it doesn't slow down any, and I don't think it's going to. No, unfortunately, I'm learning that harshly on this side, but. No, I'm really glad. I do want to apologize to Ben and uh, Brian, though, because I wasn't at that Lunch and Learn. So I am sure I'm going to have a lot of questions that you have answered many times. But I guess that's also why we're doing this show, so that everybody else that has some questions, we can all learn and make this an informative program, unlike sometimes where we just, uh, I don't know, Brian, you said you've heard the show before. I'm, I'm sure you've heard some of the rants and ramblings we go on. So this time we're going to learn something. Okay. Damn it. So, <laughs> so, uh, Ben, you know, yeah. I, I know you're going on vacation. I, I, am. I want you to get it out of your system, wind up and give us a really good social media, a really good one. A re- yeah. I'd like to crap. You usually give me. <laughs> go yeah. Go ahead and give us a good one this time. All right. Here, let me, yeah. Well, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web. We're at www.justsomepodcast.com. You can also find us on our podcast. Ooh, see, like you got me all excited. And I messed it up. <laughs> you can also find us on our podcast hosting service. That is justsomepodcast.libsyn.com. Don't forget, you can also find us on YouTube and on Helium Radio. We're on Helium Radio After Dark, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. You can also email us, admin at justsomepodcast.com. Tom, what else can they do to help out the show, man? Well, first of all, they can give us some ratings, reviews, share us with their friends and family. We might get up to 14 listeners at that point. And then what they can do, <laughs> then what they can do is they can go to our website at the bottom. There's an Amazon affiliate link. Anytime they go to do any shopping on Amazon, they can click on that first. It takes them back to their shopping. It's free for them. And then any of the shopping they do, the small amount of proceeds comes back to the show and we reinvest that into the show. So that would be very helpful. And people have been really good about clicking on that link. So we truly appreciate everyone that has done so, so far. The other thing that they can do is on our website, just on podcast.com. If you scroll up to the top, there is a link that says online store. If you click there, it'll take you to our online store where you can get all kinds of just some podcast merchandise. We have t-shirts, socks, cups, mugs, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff. Words are hard. The most okayest podcast ever. Go most buy okay. some merch. Let everybody know that you listen to the most okayest podcast ever. Uh, yeah, I think the socks have really 
and popular. Yeah, yeah. They, I you know, got a little logo on them, and they look. Yeah, pretty- I'm not mad about it. I'm just like, really socks. Okay, that's cool. Whatever. So <laughs> if that's we're out if that's of the underwear, want, so we're just doing socks, you know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That men's thong really did take off the way I was predicting. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we are big in Europe. So, <laughs> how are you doing, wild and crazy guys? So, all right. So, I like to get ahead of myself, and I got a lot of questions for Brian. But before we get there, we have a story we may have missed. Which, since I suck at doing these things, and I usually don't do them, I'm not going to. Even though I found this one. You did find this one, and you sent it to me, and I said, hey, that's a great idea. And like sometimes how stories change, this one has actually changed since you sent it to me. Because the original (laughs) story that you sent me was that the World Health Organization is going to list burnout as an official medical diagnosis. However, that apparently is not exactly correct. So it is going to actually be listed in the International Classifications of Diseases. It will be listed as a medical condition... I'm sorry, not as a medical condition. Words are hard. Uh, but instead as an occupational syndrome. Sounds this like one, a Go ahead. Sounds like horse shit to me. Well, it's at least it's in there. I mean, we're making we're making progress. And you know, this did happen, Tom, after we talked about it on our episode. So, I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe. that's why they changed it. They they felt like they were going to step on our toes and they didn't want to do that. It's okay. It's okay, WHO. <laughs> you go ahead and Fly that flag for us. So according to an article that I'm reading here, the 11th edition will now claim that the syndrome is due solely to, quote, chronic workplace stress, unquote, and, quote, should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. And their official definition for burnout, or as we called it, moral injury, would be, quote, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativism and cynicism related to one's job, and reduced professional efficacy, unquote. So you're really tired of doing your job. Hence the the name of it, yeah. Okay. I'm glad they got all wordy, like, sick of the shit. That would have been a pretty <laughs> succinct well, way of putting that. There actually apparently was a recent report out from a Harvard physician estimating that burnout in the United States is a public health crisis, and they are estimating that it costs the economy... Tom, you want to guess the amount of money that it costs the economy per year? Estimated. Uh, $194 million. $4.6 billion. Just a bit off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're at least making strides toward the fact that it is a, a very legitimate issue, and hopefully this will begin to show that. This 11th edition will not come out until January 2022, but hopefully this will start recognizing it as a more serious issue that, uh, that it truly is. Well, they did take our lead, so, I mean, I guess we'll give them some credit. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. That mission, when that mission Galactica takes off, buddy, you just wait and see what happens. I know. We're, we're, we're going to get there. We get the International Space Station. Yeah. Someday in Antarctica. Brian, do you know anybody in Antarctica by any chance? Uh, you know, not at this point in time, I don't know. <laughs> well, anybody on the space station? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> well, why the hell did we get this guy on the show? Like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm not even a sci fi fan. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Lord. Uh, that's okay. 
did you watch Game of Thrones? You know, I'm probably the only person in the entire United States <laughs> that has not seen an episode. Uh, it's well, okay. You're probably not the only person, but yeah, you're definitely in the minority, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of like a Jason Bourne, Indiana Jones guy. Absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I, I would tell you, yeah, Game of Thrones was pretty good, but so is a lot of the other sci-fi stuff. But let's jump into this. So, boys, I will be honest. This is one of the few things I didn't get a lot of time to prepare. We only had a couple days turnaround and been busy, and I was like, well, I'm here to learn from the experts, so... I'm pretty blind on a lot of this, so I'm going to let you guys lead the way and jump in when I have questions. Okay. Well, Brian, so I know uh, when we talked, this is something that before you uh, kind of embraced this, you did a pretty extensive amount of research on. Is that correct? I did. You know, it actually goes back almost nine years. I was applying for a a state board of pharmacy position, and I was being interviewed by uh, the lady that makes the appointments to the governor the recommendations to the governor. And the question I was asked was, how do I feel about the legalization of marijuana? And at that point in time, I didn't know how to answer it. I didn't even know it was an issue within the state. And I just kind of made my way through the question. And apparently I didn't answer it very good because I didn't make the board position. So anyways, uh, you know, and it was about that point in time is where I really just kind of started watching it. But probably over about the last year, year and a half is really when I got a lot more in depth as far as just reading and researching, asking questions and going to conferences and, and just doing a lot of listening and making sure I was around the right people that seemed like they really knew what they were talking about. And it just kind of led me into this. And, you know, really my focus has been more on the safety of it than anything. And and I just think that's very important that we're careful with what we're doing, with what we do as far as healthcare providers. So I guess I started off here with a question. Do you think that as CBD oil, so will legalization of marijuana? Do you think they're intertwined or do you think these are two items that will stay separate as far as legal issues go? Well, that's, that's a really good question. I think they're intertwined. I think one leads to the other. I don't think you can really separate the two per se. I'm not necessarily a fan of worldwide legalization of THC. I, I think it's too dangerous. Um, and I know there's going to be a lot that's going to go against that and, and not be in favor of it. But I, 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 at some point, we're going to have to have some kind of control over it, whether the FDA does it or not. And I think it's got to be under the control either of pharmacies or you know, clinic providers, hospitalizations, dispensaries, something like that. But it just shouldn't just be allowed to just be purchased at any point in time, anywhere for any reason. Well, first of all, I'd like to point out how surprised he was that I had a good question. So. <laughs> you did well, stop me there. But, but yeah, he's like, oh, but at oh the, shit, yeah. the drunk guy had something to say. But at, like, the, wow. at, at the same time, I'm still trying to get over Ben in a European thong and socks on a boat. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is, that is a doozy. The first time you see that image, let me tell you, my friend. Ooh. There's not not enough THC you can smoke to get rid of that. (laughs) I I really hope you had a light lunch. You know what I'm saying? Just just throwing it out. Oh, Ben. Uh, Poor, poor Ben. But he's about to go on an amazing vacation, so he can suck it. that's right. So, well, and I, I will say that as far as the legalization, 
of the THC and who controls it. Some states seem to have done a pretty decent job. And I know like the state of Ohio has found a way to take a very simple issue and muck it up as much as humanly possible. Pretty much the marijuana dispensing capabilities in Ohio is a disaster hmm. in a lot of ways. I'm trying to learn more. I'm going to as much uh, medical marijuana training I can find at the moment, but I will tell you right now, I think there's more to it than just legalization. I think you were right that this has to be tracked or we have to find yeah. a good way to cover this in a safe and efficient manner. But geez, when you let a bunch of guys that have no idea what they're talking about start making ideas and rules of how to regulate it, you can really see how twisted shit can get and how fast it can ruin a really good idea. So just to build on something you already said, I, I don't know what the best answer is. I don't think I have the best answer, but I can tell you what it isn't. And that's what some of us are already doing. So, well, sure. You know, and not only that, but if, if it's just out there and you've got a, someone that's mid twenties and younger where their brain still isn't completely fully developed yet and they get a hold of this and they're, and they either smoke too much or even just a small amount, you know, it can affect the brain development and white matter to gray matter and just psychological functionality as well. So there's a lot more there than than what I think the general public is seeing. But then you also have to take into account that you've got some major stakeholders out there that they will do just about anything they can to push this thing forward in order for them to make the dollars that they feel like they, they deserve or they should get. Yeah, I definitely can see that. While I, I, I personally don't have an issue with legalization, from law enforcement or healthcare standings, I think it's I would much rather deal with somebody that is under the influence of THC to an extent than I would alcohol or, or several other substances. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I think it should just be a free for all. I, I don't know where we're going to compromise and find this middle ground, but I think all of us are going to have to be involved. Pharmacy, healthcare, we're all going to have to be like, hey, here's the good idea. Sure. And, and I think it all has a place in therapy. I'm not one that just says, you know, prescription drugs are the only way to go and we shouldn't look at vitamins and minerals and herbal products. But I don't think that those are only the answer also and we should ignore prescription drugs. I think they all have a place somewhere in therapy for everyone. It's just you've got to figure out what is best for you and the direction you want to go for for your treatment. So it's there. We just have to make sure that we carve it in in a safe direction and that people are protected and they're going to be okay in the long run. I was just waiting for Ben and oh, a word of wisdom. <laughs> well, and I was, you know, I was obviously it's a podcast. You can't see me, but I was shaking my head in agreement with him that it's, it's all intertwined and interconnected as far as vitamins, minerals, prescription medications and, and so forth. So, yeah. And I was listening to, I want to say it was the Joe Rogan experience podcast and they were talking about, it seems in healthcare, either A, they're like, nope, don't believe in anything but prescription mm -hmm. meds, or B, only Chinese medicine <laughs> counts and you shouldn't take anything in pill form. And I'm like, I agreed with the people on the show. I was like, I think there is a very good middle where, yeah, if you want to take your vitamin D and do all this other stuff, but y you also need to take your allopurinol, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. we, we need to, there's this middle ground where we can all live happily. I, I just, it feels like extremists have taken over every subject matter, especially in America, but it just seems like 
everybody feels like they have to be left or right, you yeah. know, pro med or anti med, pro vac, anti vac. Like, there's no way to talk about anything. So, I hope you give us some information today on CBD, Brian, that breaks through the extremism wall. Well, sure. On the topic. Okay. So, Brian, I guess the the first question, since we talked about they're kind of intertwined, then so what is the significant difference between CBD oil and marijuana slash GHC? Okay, sure. Well, one of the things that we need to understand is that there's a system within our body. It's called the endocannabinoid system. And this was found back in the early 90s by some scientists over in Israel. And what they found was that there's two specific receptors, and it's CB1 and CB2 receptors. The CB1 receptor is primarily found in the brain, and actually it's found throughout the body, the, the brain and the peripheral nervous system. And then the CB2 receptor is primarily found in the peripheral. So, oh, anywhere of the areas of like the gut is probably the primary, one of the biggest primary areas that it's found. And so when you're talking about THC and CBD, it, we're talking about how they interact with these two receptors. So THC primarily has the greatest affinity for CB1. In hand, and that's why we get the, uh, the psychological effect of it, because it's, a lot of that is found in the brain, where it's excitation, it's serotonin increase, it's dopamine increase. And then the CB2 receptor is actually stimulated by CBD, which CBD also stimulates the CB1 receptor. So we also have to look at our own bodies produce these cannabinoids as well, which would be anandamide, which mimics THC or THC mimics it. And then you also have 2-arachidonoglycerol or 2-AG, which is an endogenous cannabinoid. And so when you take CBD, CBD actually increases and makes 2-AG more potent stronger, a higher concentration, therefore you get the receptor agonist effect. And then you get THC, which binds directly to it. So they work a little bit differently. They work diff in different areas of the body, which produces you know, different things. When you're looking at CBD, you really get a great anti-inflammatory effect. And to me, one of the greatest things that we have found since we've started doing this is the anti-inflammatory effect in Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis. And what happens is, is whenever these areas get so inflamed and then you get an immune response in that area and it reduces the natural normal flora that's in the gut, then all of a sudden our absorption of proteins, our absorption of the food, the degradation of food, the peristaltic action of getting the feces out and everything, none of that seems to really want to work that well anymore. And I know there's a lot more to this than what I'm talking about. But what we've found is that when we put somebody on CBD oil, as well as a very, very high dose of 50 billion unit plus probiotic, we actually see a great response. And I'm not saying they're cured, but they do get a very good response to that. And they kind of get almost back to a, a normal lifestyle as far as bowel habits. And so THC has some effects as far as nausea, vomiting, and a little bit of pain control. But I really believe that CBD is really where this is going to be at as far as overall general health for people. And so based on cannabinoids that you were talking about then, with CBD oil, you're not necessarily going to get the euphoric type effect that you may get directly with THC getting different receptors. Is that correct? Right. You're not going to get a euphoric effect at all with CBD. Uh, it's non-pendant, non-addicting. 
it's just not going to be there because of the way that it, it works and where it works. If anything at all, you're going to get more of a relaxation set. And one of the things, Ben, that we talked about in that luncheon that we had was how it works on the GABA receptor as far as, oh, like benzodiazepines, alprazolam, lorazepam, clonazepam, drugs like that. And what we found is that it actually helps the hyperpolarization. So the chloride ion goes into the membrane. It holds that open, makes it more permeable. When that hyperpolarization takes place, you actually get a more reduced steady state or more relaxed state. That's why we see it work with anxiety, just kind of help calm people down. There's reports out there of people taking CBD before speaking in front of large crowds and social anxiety is reduced and it helps them just kind of click and just move right on through whatever it is that they've got to do, whether it's a speech, performing, anything like that. And they're just a lot more relaxed, less anxiety, a better experience. So if CBD does not have the same euphoric effects and it's purely hitting stuff like the receptors you were just discussing, then how or why is it still illegal? Is it just because it's part of the marijuana plant? Or is there something else we can do to try and help legislation or legislators pass laws that make this more easily acceptable or easy to get to? Well, we're actually talking two different things here. So what we need to understand is that hemp plant has actually been legalized to farm in the United States. The marijuana plant, which is a separate plant, has not been. So the definition of marijuana is it has greater than 0.3% THC and it actually has very little CBD in it. A hemp plant, now a hemp plant found in its natural state, not industrial hemp, actually has very little CBD and almost no THC in it. But they were able to modify that a little bit and produce what's called industrial hemp. Industrial hemp, by definition, has less than 0.3% THC, and then it's a high, high concentration of CBD, which makes it a lot more economically efficient to produce and withdraw out the CBD oil. So the legalization part, growing marijuana and extracting CBD from marijuana is still illegal. So if that is being done and you're caught, that's trouble, whether it be the local sheriff's office or the DEA stepping in. CBD being extracted from hemp is legal per state. Now the DEA still says is still a class one dangerous substance that has found no medical benefit whatsoever, but a lot of the states have, have uh, legalized CBD from the hemp plant. And do you know off the top of your head how many states nationwide have it legalized versus not? And if not, that's not uh, a big deal. I think before the state that we're in, I think we were one of five. And so I, it's my understanding that CBD has been legalized nationwide from okay. the hemp plant. And I don't hold me to that. I'm, I'm about right. 90% sure of that. So if CBD, we'll assume it is legal everywhere, then how can, I honestly, I've never prescribed it. I've never had anybody ask for it. Where can they get that at a pharmacy? Where would they go to get that? Well, you could probably get it just about anywhere. When we had an article written on this for us from our local newspaper, I had a gentleman come up to me and he said, you know, Brian, I've never, and he runs a, a mental health facility here in our town. And he said, you know, Brian, I have never even paid any attention to that until I read that article. And he said, everywhere I look now, you see CBD all over the place, which is true. You're finding it in uh, local vape shops. You can find it in gas stations, grocery stores, major markets, pharmacies. 
uh, chiropractor offices are selling it. So it's everywhere. The thing that, that people have to understand is they've got to know what to look for when they're going to buy it and to make sure that they get the right product. Okay, so what do we need to be looking for? <laughs> Great question. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, number one is make sure that you get it from a reputable place. I guess I could be bold enough to say if you're buying it at a gas station or vape shop, I would be very careful with that. And I'll just case in point, I had a gentleman come in and say, bought my first bottle at such and such place in a town about two hours south of us here. And, and he said it worked really well. And so I just happened to stop at this vape shop and walked in and bought this product. He said, I just got no response whatsoever. And he happened to have the bottle with him. So he brought it in and what it was, and I kept the bottle and it's really interesting. And it was just hemp extract oil. And when you look at the ingredients on the back, nowhere is listed CBD, cannabidiol, phytocannabinoid, nothing like that. So basically he just bought glorified salad dressing and it didn't work for him. So I think where you buy it is very important. I think it needs to be in a reputable place, whether a healthcare professional, uh, whether it be a chiropractor or a wellness center or a pharmacy or a doctor's office, most of those people are going to do the research and they're going to make sure they have a good quality product because they're not going to recommend something that's going to degrade their reputation, especially in a, in a small town. So some of the things to look for, number one, it really, honestly, it needs to be what's called a full spectrum or a, a broad spectrum. Now, when you say the classic definition of a full spectrum, that also includes THC. So in most of the states that don't allow THC, we use the term broad spectrum, but full spectrum is still accepted under those terms, even though THC is not in there. And when we say that, we're having all 113, 116 cannabinoids in there, which is CBD, CBN, CBG, and then so on down the line, which those are all minor cannabinoids. But then it's also going to have your terpenes in it. Terpenes are a very, very important product within this, which is a natural part of the plant. Terpenes all in itself is a great anti-inflammatory drug, chemical. And then it also needs to have the flavonoids, specifically uh, canaflavin, as well as your omegas, omegas 3 and 6. So all of those separately have anti-inflammatory properties. But when you put them all together, and then you could do a low-dose CBD then what you're going to get is the is a synergistic effect. I think most of the healthcare providers understand synergistic effect. When you do the research out on the internet, you see the entourage effect. To me, they're synonymous. So it's one and the same. So you get a much better response. And the reason why that's important to do a, a full spectrum, let's say you go with an isolate. So the new drug out on the market for seizures, Epidiolex, is an isolate of just CBD which means you have to take about 250 to 300 milligrams two to three times a day to get the response that you need. When you get that high of cannabidiol, then what happens then is then you start going through metabolism in the liver through the cytochrome P450 system. Then you start having drug interactions. Then you start having other adverse effects to that. When you do a full spectrum and everything is at a low dose, you don't have the issues with the liver that we know of at this point in time and you don't have the drug interactions. So that's why it's important that you have to understand what you're looking for in order to keep yourself safe. Because if you're on certain medications like clopidogrel, warfarin, citalopram, anything like that, you don't have a drug interaction where it increases the concentration of one or maybe it increases concentration of CBD, therefore causing uh, an adverse event that you're not gonna wanna go through. You also need to make sure that 
that CBD is listed on the label. Usually it needs to be kind of a clear to a clear yellow color. If it's, you know, anything like a dark black or maybe a dark green, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an impure product. It just hasn't gone through that final filtration process to be that that nice gold clear color that we're looking for. Some of the isolates, if you get a really bad product and it starts off clear and it ends up in a dark color, that means it uh, oxidized. And you've got a bad product there. It wasn't filtered process. It was probably something that wasn't even made in the United States, which is very important. And that's that could be a whole nother topic right there. One of the things also is that we need to watch out is, is if you're buying cartridges for vaping pens, what is the medium that it's that the CBD is put in? Meaning, is it propylene glycol? Is it polyethylene glycol? Is it glycerin? These products here, there's a lot of debate on the internet right now over these as far as their safety. The FDA says that propylene glycol and glycerin is totally safe topically and ingested orally. But when it becomes in a vapor form, what happens is, is it actually changes chemical structure. It changes from a glycerol or a propylene glycol into a polymer such as formaldehyde. And when it does that, it actually becomes a class one carcinogen, which has been known to cause cancer. So even though the studies show that the time of vaping, the surface area, and the time that it's actually in the lung is, is very low, meaning it's not there very long, but over time, if you continue to stimulate that, if you continue to add to it, the, your chances of cancer forming has greatly increased. It's just kind of like taking amoxicillin. You could take it your whole life and never have an allergic reaction. And then you take it just that one time in your 60s or 70s, and all of a sudden you have a full anaphylactic reaction or you break out in a rash. It's just because it, it was just that time and it happened and your body responded yeah. differently to it. So we need to be yeah. careful. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Well, I was just going to say, because I can remember from the, the Lunch and Learn, when you were talking about the vaping, wasn't there also something wrong with the like the flashpoint of CBD? Right, and I don't remember exactly what those flashpoints are, but what it is is in order for the CBD to vaporize off, the CBD vapor point is almost the same as the flash point of the other. So meaning it's at a point of, oh, I guess a layman's term would be a point of, a, of an explosion of a violent reaction, something like that taking place. And you're talking, you know, 300 something degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, it is extremely hot that these vape pens get to in order to do that. And the problem is, is that when glycerin and propylene glycol get to that certain point, they're no longer just it's not a melting process. It's more of a smoldering or a burning process. And that's what actually changes the chemical makeup of it. The FDA has actually done a much better job of controlling where these pens are coming from, the make of them, you know, how they're manufactured and how they get out to the public. So hopefully it, they'll get that under control because if not, it, it, that's going to cause a major, major problem 15, 20 years down the road as far yeah. as induced asthma, COPD, you know, emphysema, all those issues that we're facing now, I think we're going to see much greater problems with them later on. And just your opinion, you think that's just from vaping in general, or do you think that is specifically vaping the CBD oil? Well, it's not vaping the CBD oil. That's fine. It's the mediums that they put it in. If they can find something else that they could put that CBD oil in, that they can heat up and get to a vaporization point that's non-toxic once it gets there, makes it more stable at a steady state, Okay. Then I, then I think we're fine. 
you know, the thing we have to understand is that if I'm not mistaken, I think when you smoke a cigarette, there's something like 7,000 toxins that you're inhaling at that point in time. And vaping is a safer option, but it's only safer if it doesn't cause issues later on down the road. Right. Just a great story here. A gentleman was in, I don't know, a couple months ago and, and we were talking about the CBD oil and he said, you know, I'm a truck driver and I'm out on the road. Everything hurts all the time. I eat horribly. I smoke bad. He goes, so he went to a, a vape shop and the guy talked him into switch over to vaping and gave him a kind of a medium to high concentration vape pod there. He said, you know, it was so easy driving down the road, just constantly putting the vape pen in my mouth that I never even realized I was constantly doing it until I ended up in the ER with nicotine poisoning. So that's, I think that's very important for the, for everybody to understand that because it's so easy to use, you still have to make a conscious effort to understand that there still is, is only so much that you can do either per hour, per half day or per day, as far as smoking that. And some of those vape pens don't produce any puff or smoke at all. Some it's a massive cloud. You know, you got to be conscious of the people around you as well, because what goes out is going to go into someone else if they're right there by you. Yeah. Getting back to CBD oil. So you, you talked about how it hits the GABA receptors and so it can help with some people with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you also spoke about like IBS and Crohn's and inflammation, just a generalized kind of inflammation. Is there any other studies that you have found that of conditions that it could potentially benefit that you found through research studies? Mm-hmm. And then that's that's one of the most difficult things too, because it's always been considered a class one. There's been very very limited research, almost none in the United States. Uh, there's more coming out now, almost daily. So a lot of our research is overseas, and seizure control certainly. That's probably what has tripped this entire movement off to the point where we are now, or is because of seizures and some of these kids that it's just uncontrollable. And when you see them on this drug and you hear the stories or you read the articles and how it completely changes their life into where maybe they might not be what we would consider normal, but they have a much better quality of life. And and so seizure control, I think that's one of the greatest things that we can find because Ben, you know, as well as I do, some of the drugs that we have, they just don't control them very well. Yeah. And, And it's a very, very difficult thing. If you don't deal with seizures every day, it's really hard to treat a patient with that. And that's usually why we have to send them off to a neurologist or someone that really specializes in that area. GI functionality, we talked about sleep, pain. There's just kind of a whole wide array of things that they're promoting out there that this thing does. It's enlarged because the endocannabinoid system is throughout the body. One of the things I'm not finding, and I hope I'm proved wrong on this, but the people that we have coming in that have neuropathy, and I mean, it's like constant burning, constant tingling. They're numb in their lower extremities. We just don't see that it helps them that well. The neuropathy is very minor where maybe they just get a little bit of tingling here and there. Maybe they've been on their feet all day. And at the end of the day, they just hurt a little bit, maybe a little bit of restless leg. We do see a much better response with that. So, you know, like I said, it all has a place in therapy. We had a gentleman come in that he just said he aches all over his hands hurt. And he was on his third bottle and hadn't seen any response at all. And that's more the minority that we're seeing. But talking about other pharmacists today, we were discussing this and just feel that at some point, there's always going to be that line where if you cross it, it's just not going to help. So okay. it's really hard to say. The research is out there. It's coming out more and more. But to say 
it's going to do this and this and this and this. It just hasn't been proven yet. And how your your standard research uh, models are found, double blind, placebo control, yeah. randomized studies. So, which still holds true for decades later. One of the things that we found or got to talking about today was how you have 2AG and how 2AG binds to CB1 or CB2 and, and how it's, it's increased by CBD. And we got to wondering, well, what if somebody is not producing any 2AG? How do you know? Because they might take multiple CBD products and get no response whatsoever. So why is that? And there's a, and I'll just kind of throw this out there right now. There's a, oh, a new wave out there called pharmacogenomics. And I say it's new. It, it's kind of has hit a, a lot more momentum over the last couple of years, but it's probably been around about close to 10 years now, maybe longer. And pharmacogenomics are specific tests that people can take to see if which ACE inhibitor they could go with. They might get a much better response out of enalapril than they would lisinopril or which diabetic medication to go with. Do they go with metformin or do they go with gliburide? That helps the uh, the provider know if you took these tests and these 10 drugs here, well, I could choose these two and we get a greater response versus these five with a shotgun effect and hope something happens. And so that might be a good area for pharmacogenomics to go into and say they can test for 2AG if your body's even producing it. If not, there would be no reason to take CBD. Okay. It's almost a mute point at that point. So they say that uh, cold temperatures, exercise, a higher libido, intercourse, all those types of things running, that increases 2AG and anandamide. But if they're at a, at a stale state where they don't do any of those things, can your body produce it at that point? I think these are just questions that need to be answered and research will have to do that. And that's beyond what I can do. Right. Okay. So I have two more questions. And then if Tom has any questions, I'll quit hogging the, the interview segment here. No, keep, keep on going. <laughs> so, my, so my first question then is based on the 2AG that you were just talking about then, it is hypothetically possible that someone could take CBD and not get any effect at all. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, because we're seeing it now. I believe that we've got probably one of the best products on the market on all the research that I've done, developed by two pharmacists, one out of Perry, Oklahoma, and the other one out of uh, Overland Park, Kansas. And they just really did a great job of producing this product. And the, the certificate of analysis shows it. We've proved it through multiple patients, but probably two out of 10, we just they just don't get a response. We go over, we don't just hand it to them and saw it. It's a probably a 15, 20 minute conversation on this is how you take it. This is why you've got to take it this way. Do you take any medications? Do you take any blood pressure medications? Why do you want to take it? And so we ask a lot of questions and we don't let them just come in and just say, oh, I just want to try it just because. It just doesn't work that way. I think if we're going to be the ones that are going to be out in front of this, we need to make sure that they're safe and we ask the right questions. Okay. Then my other question then is, because you kind of hit on it there. Are there certain medications that they can be taking that it is absolutely contraindicated with CBD oil? Full spectrum CBD oil? No. At this point in time, I have found no absolute contraindications. I have found actually no drug interactions if they take it the way that the label tells them to do it, meaning 15 to 30 milligrams twice a day. You do something like that. And, you know, like I said, Ben, there just hasn't been enough people take it to where we know exactly what's going to happen. Right. You look at the statins and when they first came out, you know, they were the miracle drug. They did everything and they, they protected the heart. They lowered your cholesterol, lowered your triglycerides, raised your HDL. 
morbidity, mortality almost went out the window. Didn't exist anymore. But then what do you start seeing as millions and millions of people see it? We start finding patterns. You know, if yeah. you're on a high dose statin and you're on Jim Fibrazil, you're going to have rhabdomyolysis. You're going to have muscle weakness and soreness. You're going to have a liver issue. You're going to have a kidney issue. And that's why we put those black box warnings and we back off. We just haven't seen these patterns show up yet for drug interactions or stuff like that on the low dose. If they take an isolate high dose, absolutely. They're going to have those problems. You need to make sure that they're careful with that. I was going to ask something I forgot. Tom, do you got any questions off the top of your head? Well, he's kind of explained them, but I was just going to basically have him do a quick summary. So is there any dosing format or change in dosages per condition other than the 15 to 30 twice a day? Now, that's pretty standard. You got to understand that, that CBD is what they call biphasic. So meaning a low dose, you get a good response. If you hit this threshold and you go too high, you actually get an opposite response where it doesn't work, and but you get a lot of sedation. So kind of the rule of thumb is, is you want to be kind of a medium dose for sleep. You want to be a low dose for pain and anxiety. And then you just kind of have to titrate yourself up a little bit, maybe every three to five days to get the response that you want without causing you to be tired and sleepy all day. And then that's where you're at and, and you should be just fine with it. So low is better. You got to go low on, on CBD. It's not one of those things where if a quarter of a dropper worked, then I won't take a dropper and a half and I'm going to be Superman by the end of the day. You're going to be more like a, a dead zombie. <laughs> Okay, and, and a European I, thong and socks. Yeah, see, there you go. I, it was going to come back around. It, it well, came back. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I was afraid of the person that says, "Well, if a little is good, mm -hmm. a lot must be better." But I also didn't know if, like you said, ulcerative colitis, perhaps mm -hmm. that requires a different medication dosage than arthritis, etc. I don't think so. What I'm seeing as far as in our own practice and what we do, and, and we, we sell quite a bit, so we do see a lot of people between the, the three stores that we have. I dose it the same. If they come in and they want it for sleep, I go a little higher for sleep. But everything else, I keep it low, and then we slowly work them up to kind of a medium dose, and people do well with that. And I know we've talked about a lot of different conditions or things that it's good for, it's not good for, etc. Can you just give us a quick top couple conditions it's good for and a couple conditions that it's going to be worthless for so that if people are saying oh i have glaucoma i need to start doing cbd would that actually be beneficial and i don't mm -hmm. i don't expect you to do a whole big list but <laughs> okay but like the most popular give me a couple of the good ones it's good mm -hmm. for and give me a couple of the ones that you know it doesn't work for okay so the three best ones that we have seen so far is inflammatory pain arthritis pain sleep and anxiety. Hands down, those three, we see an effect every time. The things that we don't see it for is extreme neuropathy. It's funny that you mentioned glaucoma. CBD actually increases intraocular pressure. Oh. THC decreases intraocular pressure. Wow. There's a study done in mice, but the drops were done directly into the eyes. So if that's more of a topical prep, versus an oral, you know, I, I don't have that answer. So that's what we're seeing. And if you've got phantom pain, I don't know that answer. I think that's still to be seen. I haven't run into that yet. So I think there's still a lot of unknowns out there, but I think it's worth a shot in most things. If they come in and they say, I've got a right finger missing, will it regrow it? Well, that, I mean, that, no, it's not going to do that. So. <laughs> 
Well, and unfortunately, I think that's one of the things that actually sets back marijuana legalization is the people that are very much into it, which good for them. They make all these outlandish claims mm-hmm. like, oh, it, it could fix everything. You have heart disease? Just smoke some weed. Right. That'll fix it. Oh, you got a brain tumor? Weed. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden people start going, yeah, this is bullshit. They know that's not going to work. And I think that is actually hurting their cause. Mm-hmm. Versus having these discussions where we're like, no, there's some legitimate uses. Let's actually discuss this instead of just saying, hey, it's going to turn me into a lizard. And I want to grow back my finger. <laughs> right. So, I think if everybody understands it, everything has a place in therapy to a degree. And you got to keep that in mind and you'll always be safe. Okay. Ben, did you think of your last question? No, but I, I, I thought of a different one. So we're good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so basically, from have you- have you been smoking CBD oil? <laughs> no, me? No. <laughs> no, Ben. Like, if, he, if he's tired, if he's tired, maybe he used 35. I, used yeah. Yeah. I went to extreme. I just took the whole bottle. It was great. No. <laughs> <laughs> tastes, tastes like grass, didn't it? <laughs> so basically, from a family practice standpoint, then, the thing that we need to, to be aware is, I mean, because I, I do have patients come in probably weekly. Mm-hmm. and ask me about this and, and my kind of go-to is you know obviously you need to make sure you kind of do your research and know that you're getting a good product but i tell them if you want to try it i certainly don't have an issue with that if it works for you great if it doesn't then you're out the cost of that first bottle right you know, is there anything else from a family practice standpoint that we'd be concerned with or looking at or telling our patients that they do ask about it at this point no i think if they're educated and they understand that what to tell the patient to look for. If you don't have a resource that you can send them to, then you got to make sure it's full spectrum. Stay away from the isolates. Vaping is not an option. You know, we had a provider tell somebody that, oh, you just need to smoke it. And, you know, and we need to talk to that provider because I don't believe that that should ever be an option unless it's the absolute last resort. Orally, under the tongue, sublingually works probably 80% as effective as as inhaling and 100% safer. So if you stay with the safe and you stay in the middle of the road and, you, and you're and you educated and you tell that patient to do the research beforehand, and that's fine. And tell them they've got to stay away from the $20 bottle. That $20 bottle is going to get them in trouble every time. CBD is not cheap. It shouldn't be a $300 bottle, right. but 70 80 to about 150 and you're going to get a good quality, excellent product. Okay. And so you had said something about research. Generally, this podcast obviously is tried to direct it toward medical professionals. Mm-hmm. But is there a good one or two websites out there that when you have researched this, you said, okay, this is good quality information versus this mm-hmm. snake oil bullshit that, that is out there mm-hmm. sometimes? Right. So, yeah, there are. And I'll tell you, WebMD is one, but you have to have a subscription to it. So, really, if you type in the, the things that you're looking for and you go to Wikipedia, a lot of Wikipedia is referenced back to WebMD, and that's where you can get a lot of good, solid information. There's another website out there called Project CBD. Great, great reference, but you also have to understand that they are very, very pro-THC. They're pro-marijuana, I mean, total, regardless of the safety aspect. And when I get and what I say by that is they had an article over CBD or THC and pregnancy, and the article was directed as, It hasn't been proven effective, but it hasn't been proven to be harmful either. Therefore, it must be safe. I don't agree with that. If it has not been proven to be safe and effective in pregnancy, why would you put your baby at risk? It's not worth it. It it just is not worth it. And I understand I'm a guy, you know, I'm not a female and I would never have a child, 
but you also have to understand that research is there for those reasons. It does cross the placenta. It does enter the breast milk. We know those for a fact. Don't expose your child to something if you don't know what it's going to do. Yeah, especially when you're, they're talking about, well, it's by that logic, you could justify just about anything. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, Project CBD is a good one. Medela Sciences, they've got a great product out there called Cannabis RX, and you can go to their website and get a lot of great information. I've gotten a lot of mine off of them. So they're out there. Just have to make sure that you understand what you're looking and reading at. And if something sounds weird, I'd probably start to move away from it. Okay. Tom, you have any last questions on CBD before we jump into our final segments? No, no, I think he got it. I'm, I'm still just wondering like, huh, thong and socks, thong and socks. Yeah. Yeah. That just, it's just rolling around in there like a pinball right now. I just can't get it to leave. Like a, like a Jimmy Buffett song. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. But this is not a cheeseburger in any sort of paradise. So that's right. No, I think I'm good. I, Honestly, I'm still, for lack of a better word, digesting what's going on. Oh, God. I haven't had a lot of requests on it yet, but I'm sure it's coming, and that's why I'm glad we had Brian on the show. And, Brian, thank you. Yeah. I think I think I know what's coming up next, Ben. So lay it on. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't give him fair warning. I didn't tell him what the questions were, but I didn't tell him, hey, we end with five questions. Okay. So let me cue up the music here. And we'll... Yeah, and just answer them. Okay. Don't think too much. We want to hear the raw information here. Okay. Join us on a journey into the inner psyche of our guest as we ask five, 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 five questions. I mean, you got to have good theme music if you're going to do a whole set. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. Question one. What is your favorite medical word? Anastomosis. Wow. It's easy to say and it's super cool. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question two. If you could do any job in the world other than what you're currently doing, what would it be? Hmm. I tell you what, I was in the Marine Corps. So if I were back in my 20s, I would either be Force Recon or I would go Navy SEALs for sure all day long. My current state now being 48, I would have to say jazz player with a saxophone oh wow yeah that is now i'll tell you i have no musical abilities whatsoever when we're (laughs) at church singing if anybody around me is off beat clapping i have to stop because i'll be clapping with them so (laughs) it's i'm it's really bad for me it took me probably took me 45 years to know that when they hit the snare drum that's the beat i always went off the bass just sounded normal to me so i actually i have a quick question for brian then yeah when you were in the Corps, you know that they now have the Marine Raiders that are part of JSOC. Hmm. So would you still be Force Recon or would you be a Raider in JSOC along the seals? Uh, You know, I didn't know that. That's been a long time. So if that is where it's at, then that's where I would be. Yeah. It's, uh... All right. When we're done recording, I'll talk to you for a minute. I don't want to bore the crowd into tears <laughs> with technical knowledge. But sure. I was just like, I was like, I think he probably would be a Raider. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. I know how yeah, Marines, you guys stick all together. So. So. All right, Ben. All right, question up. three. Brian, think back to your first car. 
1970 Chevy Stepside pickup. My dad found it in a field, bought it for $300, and this would have been back in about 85. We rebuilt it, painted it, fixed it up. I went through three engines. My dad finally put a 305 with propane, took all the torque out of it, and the engine's still in it today. I got to feel I know the answer, but, but Ben, go ahead. So and the ask. question then is stylish ride or rolling turret? <laughs> Oh, stylish ride all day long. Yes. Man, this thing this thing was hot. I'm telling you, it was great. Three on the tree. You know, I just saw a post on Facebook the other day. Does do you even know what this is? And I could answer I do. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people know the three on the tree. Right. So. Yeah. And I could burn it, I'm telling you. I got pulled over one night for getting a scratch in all three gears. Nice. All right. Question four. If your house is on fire and everyone, including your pets, are safe, what's the one thing that you want to get out of your house? You know, my dad gave me a Satori over and under 20-gauge shotgun that dates back to the 1950s. So I think, if anything, I would have to grab that, the safe, and then, I don't know, anything else, I guess i grab through and throw in my teeth and out the door <laughs> I'd go. But, you know, you got to make sure, it's just like tornado season. You got to make sure you have a T-shirt, you got to make sure your teeth are in, you got underwear on, and you're good to go. Right. <laughs> All right, last question. Question five. You have $9.18 in your pocket. What all do you buy? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, (laughs) I'd have to go to Daylight Donuts and buy a dozen donuts and eat them and get sick and then have to take some CBD to correct it. (laughs) Oh, gee, there we go. That's my answer. I get to it. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's five questions, man. All right. Good deal. Easy enough. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're all at Just Some Podcast. Find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. Or you can email us, admin at justsomepodcast.com. Dom, it's a quick bag, but pretty good episode here. I thought it was a great episode. Hey, before we, we close out the show, Mr. Brian, uh, is there... Anything you would specifically shout out to anybody? Anything? Is there anything you want to talk about real quick before we close? Uh, no, I think everything's fine. I, I appreciate the opportunity, and oh, this was great. And the thing that we want to make sure is that uh, they were always out in front of this stuff, and we're doing the right things. And I appreciate you guys having the show because I think that's where exactly where you're supposed to be. So appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, sir. We appreciate that. Yeah. Well, this episode, while this episode drops, while you're listening to this episode, I am currently on a cruise ship. So. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm currently at home poking the voodoo doll I had made of him (laughs) on a cruise ship. I don't care. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. It's fine. Tom, so next week, man, which is weird because of the way we're recording this, but next week will actually be our Father's Day episode. Oh, boy. So should you you think we should... uh, (laughs) <laughs> you think we should spill the beans on what we're going to do for Father's Day? No. No, keep them in suspense. suspense. That's their problem. Well, it, it will be a very special episode. Sure. <laughs> 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 oh, Ben's all Mr. Lovey Dovey. I'm like, yeah, they can wait. They'll figure it out. <laughs> it will definitely be an interesting episode that people will not want to miss. How about that? You mean like the alcohol episode? Well, that... Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that made fall off the, the the world sometime. <laughs> that's still my gold standard. When you're like, "Can it get any worse?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I knew this one time." 
It was one of those was great in great on paper and and really bad. It was a beautiful yeah, disaster. Yeah. I I'm still glad we did it, but I can't wait till we do it again. We're gonna do something um, again. You know it. Well, we'll see. Or I'm gonna have a bad day and I'm gonna show up to record again drunk. Something's gonna happen, but we're gonna do it. <laughs> well, on that note, it's thinking of Tom drunk and apparently the running joke <laughs> this episode has been uh, me and a European thong and socks. So. <laughs> <laughs> on those notes, man, I hope everybody has a great week. And I hope everybody stays safe out there. Yeah, thank you. Drunk company, a phone call once a month.